one. What up, ladies and gents? It's Wednesday. Wolverine Wednesday. Wolverine Wednesday. We're ready to talk some finance. I wonder how Wolverine did as an X-Men. Do you think he was covered with health insurance? I don't think he needed it. All right, here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah, <laughs> we are ready to rock and roll. Another we hot day sure in are. San Diego, Woo. James. It sure is another hot day. 102, it said on my watch earlier today. The heat is not stopping here in San Diego, nor will it stop on the Business Bros Pod. Before we jump into the show, a quick reminder to all of you listening to please give us a like, give us a subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on. Uh, Any rating that you can give us, that's right, that's right, KC's pointing down already. Any ratings that you can give us will help us show up higher on search results so more people can find this valuable information that we're going to share with you all today. So, our guest today joined his first Fortune 500 company way back in 2008. Not that far back, but 2008. And after nearly a decade of climbing that corporate ladder, learning those systems and processes that make billion-dollar companies work, he realized that he didn't really like being part of that cold, impersonal corporate machine. So he took a radical step and left corporate America to help smaller companies set up their own better financial systems and help set them up for maximum success. Our guest knows that he can help his clients find tens, hundreds, even millions of dollars that they didn't know they were missing out on. I should say tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars they didn't know that they were missing out on. So if you want to improve your bottom line, you will not want to miss today's episode. Joining us today from Together CFO, a warm welcome to the host of the CEO Story Podcast. Welcome to the show. KC Shohei. I love it. Woo! Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank dude, you. Guys, what a warm welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, dude, we are pumped to be here. It's another wonderful Wednesday with another great guest. Oh, my laptop's moving around. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll this thing. So, uh, Casey. Yeah. There's so many things that we could talk about when it comes to financial strategies. I'm going to let you just kick it off here. Tell me a little bit about yourself other than what we heard in the intro. Uh, how's your day been? And let's get into this. Yeah, no, I've been awesome. Uh, busy, right? So, you know, obviously everyone's gone through COVID. It's made everyone really focus on the numbers and the finances of a business, which is not really the primary function of most CEOs, right? They want to be focusing on sales or marketing, the fun, jazzy stuff rather than kind of the nuts and bolts and the finances. But we've we've had a lot of uptake in our business specifically because people need to control cash flow, mm-hmm. plan accordingly because they don't know what's happening, right? So that's helped us. And then on the tax side with uh, Trump release, well, not releasing, but Trump's taxes coming out in the New York uh, Times and people being able to at least get a little glimpse of what's been going on under the hood. Everyone was guessing for a number of years, but we can really dig into that and break that down. And I can explain how Trump and the other elites structure their taxes. 
Oh, dude, Yay. all kinds. Of, we had a we had a good discussion yesterday on on some of those Trump. Uh, well, when it comes down to it, the bottom line is his his uh, federal tax that he ended up paying was seven hundred fifty bucks. But you know what? What a lot of people don't understand is is just because your federal income tax is that low doesn't mean you're not paying taxes. There's still, I mean, the guy employs so many people. You got to understand the the just in Social Security and Medicare Medicare tax on as an employer. Those are already huge amounts of taxes that are being paid through the jobs that are created. Uh, we talked a little bit last uh, last time about the difference between a deduction and credits and how real estate has a lot of opportunities for you to gain credits. We talked a little bit about uh, employment and how there's so many programs out there that'll give you subsidies or tax credits to help eliminate some of that stuff. So it's not that you know it's it's not that he's doing anything illegal, and we got to make sure that that's that's plain and out there, regardless mm -hmm. of whether you agree with him, disagree with him, whatever. Uh, if he was doing something illegal, better believe it, he would be behind bars, right? Or at least uh, destroyed in the media. But he's not, right? He's well, not I mean, doing he's anything illegal. Definitely destroyed in the media, like all the time. But yes. specifically yeah, for the taxes. Specifically <laughs> for the taxes. So tell me a little bit about what your point of view is on uh, on on what's going on there. So, firstly, totally agree with you on the employment taxes and things of that nature that he has to contribute into. But there's no questions asked. That just has to be done. And that's black and white. And that's fine, right? Everyone has to pay into those pools. Where he is really next level is in his tax structuring game. So, in the article, it says he has over 100 entities. So, it's super hard to track. But what it didn't really touch on was the 1041 structure. So, he's got a whole set of structures above what was written in the article, which is in the trust world. So this is complex trust specifically. And in the complex trust world, the 1041 system, there is a whole different set of guidelines and rules, which is not gap accounting, it's trust accounting, completely different, different deductions. And with using that framework in a strategic way, you can very legally, very easily pay zero or very close to zero taxes because Trump's not the only one that does this. It was so funny right. when they were, I don't know if you remember the clip when Hillary Clinton and Trump were debating four years ago now and he turned around and he said, that makes me smart. That one clip, but Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton actually have exactly the same tax structure as Donald Trump. So there's Romney, there's Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Bezos. It just goes on and on. All these top 1% elites have family offices or structure around smart people that they fully employ so that they don't really share those secrets with many other people. Um, so that's how it's kind of all kept under wraps. But it's all there written in plain sight in the tax code. The only issue is <laughs> plain sight in a book that's this thick. No, you're talking volumes, dude. Yeah, volumes. It's written and it's around 12 to 15 pages worth of text that specifically talk to complex trust structures and the accounting and the rules within them. And it's not just accounting at this point because then you've got to bring in legal paperwork because the trust, the way it's written, is a contract. So you need lawyers that can speak to common law, contract law, tax law, and bring three different types of lawyers together to create these documents in which you can apply in that rule. So it's very, very difficult for the average person to even get access to anyone that can create such documents. And then even harder to have a team because this is not just one person. You need 
a team of maybe 10 people minimum to be able to run these types of structures efficiently without getting any trouble with the IRS audits and things like that. Price is wrong, bitch. Well, that's what it comes down to, right? The price is wrong. So let, let's dig a little bit deeper. So there's a lot in what you just said right now. Um, let's start with the basics here. Uh, why would why would anybody want to have a trust in the first place? This is something that that uh, I don't think people quite understand uh, when it comes to even even when we're talking about you own a property or maybe you own one rental property. It doesn't have to be the Trumps and the Hillarys of the world to get into this uh, trust and estate planning. Uh, help me help me and the audience understand a little bit about why a trust is so important to have, uh, especially when you're talking generational multiple reasons but let's just keep it super simple to start off with it gives you additional asset protection so if your assets let's just use a, a rental property in this example is owned by a trust as opposed to an llc how most people do it you've got extra layers of protection where people can't then easily search who owns that trust what else is in that trust and therefore you're less of a target for people to come after you try and sue you and things of that nature so that's a simple one also, it's got uh, tax benefits for inheritance. If you wanted to pass that asset on to family, friends, children, wives, whoever, you can do that very easily using a trust structure because the trustee would just change. It wouldn't be any ownership change of the actual asset itself, and therefore no taxable event would occur either. That's huge because uh, th this is one concept that once I once I heard it explained, it never left me. Uh, I had somebody sit down with me one time and they were like, let me explain a trust to you. He's like, if I shot you, what would happen? I said, oh, well, I'd probably die, right? He's like, yes. So that would be an untimely death. But even if you lived a full life, what's going to happen eventually? And I was like, well, I'm still going to die. An old man at some point, but I'm still going to die. He's like, that's exactly the point. At some point, we as human beings will pass on. But the assets that we have, you either have a choice. You can put them into something like a trust where the trust, no matter, you can shoot the trust, you can drown the trust, you can do whatever, but it will prevail. It will not die. It will continue going forward forever, um, and forever right? Or... You can hold things personally, and when you die, the courts are going to come in and try to make sense of the whole situation, and they're going to hit you with some major penalties or taxes. You're looking at maybe 50%. So like, think of it like this. If you own two houses, which one do you want to sell to, to pay the tax bill? Once somebody explained it like that to me, I was like, oh, okay, now I understand what an entity is for. So when you, we were talking about Trump's situation here, you were talking not only about the trust structure, but the other entities around it. So can you can you uh, dive into a little bit about why why have more entities around the trust than just having the trust itself? It's additional asset class protection. So Trump does it very differently because he's got multiple real estate all over the world. So he has tiers within tiers. Um, for a regular person, let's just break it down. You may have commercial property. You may have rent uh, property that you actually live in yourself you may have vehicles as assets you may have yachts boats so to get a whole next level of uh, asset protection you would group your assets so you would have your personal homes in one type of asset uh, one type of trust call it trust one you would have your commercial property in trust two you would have your vehicles in trust three you'd have your boats in trust four this then helps you in case let's say you have five cars as an example if someone writes off one of the cars and 
tries to sue you, then they can only come after those other four vehicles. So you're at a less risk than them coming after your whole asset portfolio. So some people don't even want to do the five, like grouping. They want individual trusts for each asset they own, depending on their risk uh, strategy. Yeah, that, and that that's just mitigating risk, right? It right. doesn't mean that you will not get sued. It doesn't mean that you will not lose properties. What it does mean is if something does happen, they're going to come after you, but they can only come after whatever that entity owns, right? Uh, that's More importantly, they can't do a search and they can't find everything else that you own because this then goes into the next tier, which is ownership versus control. When you have a trust, that is its own legal person, think of it as, and therefore you as a person are not liable for, let's just say the, the car example, if you own five cars and someone has an accident, they'll come after everything that you own. So you've got five assets there. If it's owned by the trust or a trust, you don't have anything to do with that. You're just the trustee. So you have control, but you don't have ownership and taxation always follows ownership. So that's I think, that, really, really quick. I think a uh, uh, corporate, like to to create a corporation uh, here in the state of California, something like eight hundred bucks a year, right? It, I don't know how much a, a lawyer might charge. You could probably do it through Legal Zoom or whatever. What's the cost associated with uh, creating a trust? I think that's something that that people might want to figure out if it's going to be worth worthwhile. So there's trusts and there's trusts, just like there's there's a. Toyota Camry and there's a Rolls Royce, right? They're both ends of the same spectrum of a car, right? You could pay 20000 for one or you could pay 500000 for one. Uh, and there's tens of maybe, I think, around 80 different types of trust you could get into. Wow. So, so there's a lot out there and they are not all the same and they're not all written the same. So you could get anywhere on that scale, you know, you could be paying 5000 for a trust or you could be paying 100000 for a trust. It just depends on how powerful that document is worded. How, how gotcha. it's gonna how it's gonna protect you. Gotcha. It's like the it's like the the ultimate prenup. You you're gonna pay a lot of money for a really really good one. It's gonna protect you, or you know you go or to a professional lawyer because this also protects you uh, in the case of a divorce. Because again, you do not own any of the assets. Your trust does, and you control the trust. Therefore, if you have a divorce. You don't lose half of your assets. I, I like this. This let, let's stick on this concept of ownership and uh, and and control because that's that's huge right here. Uh, another thing that Donald Trump gets gets thrown into is he's filed for bankruptcy a number of times, right? And when we're talking about control and and entities here, we're also looking at the fact that he personally may not ever have a need to file for bankruptcy because he doesn't personally own anything. Can you explain how how that kind of plays out when the media says one thing about him filing for bankruptcy and how it actually plays out in the business world? Yeah, it, a lot of this all gets muddled, right? And you're totally right in that. The way he does it with his losses, he uses them from a tax advantage to kind of roll them over multiple years. Because of the way the laws are written, it allows him to do that. So the way he accumulated his wealth is obviously we know he borrowed from his father a considerable sums of money over the years. But the other thing is he really negotiated well with banks. So to the point at which banks were over leveraging him funds and he just lost it all. So they were in too deep in that relationship with him because 
of his negotiation skills or bullying tactics, whatever it was, they got in too deep too much. And therefore, when he had to file bankruptcy, he then got that benefit of being able to write off millions of dollars of losses over tens of years. And that's huge, right? So when you roll over a loss, uh, and I'm going to have you explain this, but uh, what happens when you roll over a loss? So let's let's look at it as a like a simple term, for example. Uh, we'll use our own uh, portfolio. We have that $3,000 limit. But what does it mean when I take a big loss and it's rolling over year after year? How how does that affect, like, for example, a personal return and then kind of relate that to, a, to what Donald's doing? So he's obviously doing it on a master scale compared yeah. to others, right? But Let's just say he had borrowed $100 million. He put it into a property. It went sideways. He filed for bankruptcy. Now he's got a $100 million loss. The next year, let's just say he started a new business and it was successful, and he had a $1 million tax bill. He can say, well, I can roll over this $100 million. Now I've got $99 million left over after I paid that $1 million off. And it's kind of like free money sat in his tax uh, archive that he can dig into at any point in time and keep rolling it over continuously. It's a ridiculous rule. It's a ridiculous rule, but this is one of those, again, r ridiculous or not, these are rules that Congress put into play, right? Congress is the, is the holds the purse strings. They're the ones making the rules and the laws. And we, remember, right? So th at this point, Congress, they are writing the rules to suit themselves, right? Right. So, so literally the lawmakers write certain rules, like the complex trusts, as an example, is such a small subset of trust law, and it's hidden within 80,000 pages of tax law, tax code. No one's going to read that. No one's going to find it. It's only if you have the right network that has access to the people that can run those types of systems. Are you even able to understand what's going on? Like, there's one thing getting it and one thing knowing, hey, Trump pays no taxes. Well, Mitt Romney hasn't paid any taxes in over 10 years, and that gets a little bit of kind of credibility on the news um, when he was running for president. But Trump is not the only one. I would say the vast majority of politicians, because they're all in these cliques, they teach each other and then future generations how this all works. And it's written by them and it's written for them. Yeah. And it's, it's a union. And here's, again, I go back to my analogy all the time. You got monopoly oops, right here, right behind me. You got the monopoly board right there. And I, and I tell people all the time, the first time you play Monopoly, you suck because you didn't know the rules. The second time you play, you have a chance of winning because you know the rules. The only difference that we're talking about here is instead of knowing the rules, they're the ones writing the rules, <laughs> right? So if you can write the rules, it's kind of like the whole free parking on that Monopoly board, right? Everybody knows if you actually read the rule book, that's just a spot to land on, right? But we write our own rules and maybe you land or you have a penalty or you pay a tax, whatever. We throw it in the middle of the pot and whoever lands on free parking gets that money. Well, that's not an actual rule, but because our own house rules put it into play, now we can use that rule. Same thing is happening in Congress. They're writing all these rules to help out little people. Here's a, here's a funny one. Yeah, I remember help I, out little people. Help I'm, out I'm sorry, people. to help out the big people, yeah. Little rules to help out the big people, and they're they're hidden away. So I was watching uh, – I forgot what the name of the movie is, but it was uh, – I think it was Abe uh, – Lincoln, actually. It was Lincoln. It was Lincoln. And and um, <clears throat> at the end, when they finally passed the amendment, it's on one piece of paper. The amendment to the Constitution is on one piece of paper. Anytime Congress passes anything today, it is not on one piece of paper. It is a book. 
yeah. of things mm-hmm. that are happening. And yep. everything in that book has to do with new laws, new regulations, new stipulations, earmarks. earmarks, who's getting money where, who's getting a deduction here and there. And that's what's causing a lot of the problems and the and the and the confusion. So when when we're looking at things like Trump's Trump's tax tax return, honestly, even the people who are reading it probably have zero clue as to how to read it. Is that right? Yeah, and then also, this is not applicable to any W-2 employees. Mm. This is only for business owners Mm -hmm. and only for high net worth, wealthy, affluent people, right, to get into those circles to do that. If you're a W-2 employee for a corporation, you ain't getting no tax benefits. But they make that comparison in in every headline. They're like, look, the firefighter paid this, the teacher paid this, the, you know, whatever. And then they compare it to the other one. You're comparing apples and oranges. There's no comparison here. You're earning income in completely different ways. Yeah, and and that's the key because that's the vast majority of America, right? And you can link back to Robert Kiyosaki's book uh, in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where he talks about the rat race. And it's, Mm -hmm. And it's to perpetuate the cycle and keep the economy going that people do not become entrepreneurs and do their own thing because they don't contribute as much into the system as if they were just a W-2 employee for Dell or some big company. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's take a, a little bit of a, of a turn here. Um, I don't know what state you're in, but we're in California. Yeah, I'm in right? LA. Oh, you're in LA. Okay. So you're in California too. Uh, now we're hitting this situation where uh, we have a governor who is – uh, not allowing things to open up the way we need to. Uh, now you're starting to see things where how come, you know, you can't go to church, but you can go to Walmart and, you know, there's all kinds of different things going on here. Uh, and, and, and we're talking about the elections coming up. We're talking about adjustments to property taxes, all these different things. What's keeping businesses from leaving California? Why, why would, a, or in other words, why would a business want to leave California? Um, it's expensive to be in California, as we all know, right? I was just in San Diego this weekend, and everything just costs so much money. You're paying so many taxes on top of everything else. I, I like to call it a beach tax or a good weather tax. Um, so if your company is remote, which now a lot of companies have been forced into working online and becoming efficient, then why would you go back to a super expensive office in the downtown gas lamp district or in LA and Beverly Hills, where it's ridiculously expensive, where you can go to Austin. I have a lot of friends relocating their businesses to Austin. Um, Hell yeah. Love Austin. Any other states that are just a lot more manageable. And if you can keep the same level or just a slight decrease in efficiency, but you reducing your overhead by tens of thousands, then that's a huge saving, uh, not only on taxes, but on overhead as well. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to what, what I'm hearing you say is it comes down to that bottom line. So of first of all, the net uh, on, on a month to month basis on the overhead. And then on top of that, when you leave California, even though California is trying to get picky on when they when when they're going to collect taxes on you even after you leave. But in the meantime, right now, when you leave California, now your income is is generated in a state like Texas, for example, or like Nevada, for example, that has no state tax. So we're saving ourselves another good chunk of change, a good 10% easy 
from paying California's uh, tax on your state on the state level by simply moving to a state that doesn't have a state tax. Uh, you might pay a little more in property taxes at these other states, but in the meantime, your your main overhead, your business overhead is down. You're paying less in taxes. That is a huge bump to the black on your on your bottom line on your PL. There's also speaking of Trump strategies, um, there's also a really good strategy with uh, private foundations. You probably realized a lot of people are well, a lot of billionaires have committed 99% of their income to charity which is just a big lie because really, as an example, let's use uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He donated 99% of his income to his own private foundation, the Zuckerberg Chan Foundation, which he fully controls and therefore can dictate what happens to that money that he's put in there. And it's just all a big media ploy to get some brownie points when really they're just using this for tax benefits. So when you go into a private foundation, you get a 100% tax write-off, and that's a tax-exempt company. So you're not paying any taxes both ways. And to, to circle back around to the point you made on property taxes, if uh, this is not everywhere, just to be super clear, but in a lot of states and a lot of counties, you need two types of clearance for this. Um, your property is exempt from property tax if it's owned by a private foundation. Wow, now that is news to me. I didn't know that. That's and okay, so now that that makes a lot more sense. And and this is one of those things that you always got to dig just a little bit deeper. That headline that shows up on Twitter or that that you know, that story that the that CNN, MSNBC, Fox or whatever are throwing out there. There's always more than what they're telling you. And here's here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, that you got to you got to 100% understand. If you don't speak the language, they're going to throw some BS your way. And that's really what it comes down to. They're comparing things that don't need to be comparing. They're giving you scenarios and situations uh, that are sugar-coated and they slap a bow on it. But really, really, I mean, when you talk about things like that where you have a foundation, now you got to dig deep, right? And you're, you're looking at some of these foundations and this is why – People tend to not donate to foundations like that because they're they're looking at it and they're like, well, what happened to all the money that I that I contributed? Oh, what? 75, 80, 90 percent of it goes into overhead. That's ridiculous. Hmm. But I can see why. It's all a ploy, yeah. So a really bad example of this again is that um, Warren Buffett recently donated billions of dollars to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, again, a private foundation. And what they did with that is they they took the donation from uh, Warren Buffett, so he got a complete tax write-off. They took that money and they invested it straight back into Berkshire Hathaway. So his stock prices went up because he's getting more investment. And Bill Gates, <laughs> for the longest time, he's just taken himself off the board, but he was on the board of Berkshire Hathaway as well. And it's like, are you guys for real here? What the hell's going on here? So Wow. But nobody sees it, that, and that's the thing. And even if they saw it, they would see things like Bill Gates steps down from the board, right? That's the story. That's the headline. Nobody says, well, why? Nobody understands how it moves about. Berkshire Hathaway, stock is up, blah, blah, blah. Great, because that's what Warren Buffett's a genius. Well, you know what? It took his team time to see what this could, what, how this could benefit, and look, it's a win-win situation. For the elites. And then here's the thing, and, and I want to make it 100% clear. I have nothing against the elites. They're just playing at a level that we haven't learned to play yet, 
right? So I have nothing against them. All I want to make sure, all I want to do is to make sure that we all understand that the ability for you to play at the level is a matter of how much you're willing to educate yourself in any of these subjects mm -hmm. or how big of a team you're willing to bring on. Because without, like you said earlier, without having a team, people who are knowledgeable in this space who can help you strategize, you're never going to get to that level. You're never going to play at that level. And I know some people probably don't want to go that big, but it doesn't matter. Whatever level you want to get to, there's a certain uh, strategy. There's a certain uh, tactic that you need to go about. And having a team behind you is important. So, KC, tell the audience how they can get a hold of you if they want more information. Uh, and for our listening audience, make sure you uh, you shout out your, your website and your uh, uh, contact info. Yeah, so if anyone's wanting to save money on taxes because they're paying – over let's say 200k a year to uncle sam then they can reach me at togethercfo.com you can hit the contact us button fill out a little form and we can set up a call i can show you exactly the structures that we set up to help our clients save tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands per year on their taxes that's huge dude that's a huge uh savings and I, I i try to say it like a like a donald trump since we were talking about it the whole time that's huge <laughs> huge <laughs> hey real quick real quick uh what's your what's your scoop only because i was talking tiktok earlier today what's your scoop on on the whole china band uh social media outlets i think it's stupid i think you know you can't control who owns these companies and the stuff they do already like just look at cambridge analytica as an example of people data mining and rigging elections and Brexit and all this stuff. It's not just China that's doing it. If you're going to stop China doing it, you should really give us back our own uh, privacy rights on our own information and not just cherry pick who you're going to stop uh, certain things from being controlled by. But again, ladies and gents, those who make the rules are elected by you. So you, you know, when you go to when you go to the ballot box, right? When you go to the ballot box, it's not always just about the presidential elections. In my opinion, a lot of times, often today, they're they don't have as much power as you think they do. Congress is the one who's taking control of stuff. So if you don't like what's going on in tax laws, you don't like what's going on in your own city, local governments, that sort of stuff, dude. Make a choice with your ballot. With your ballot, make sure you go out and vote. Because otherwise, uh, if you don't vote, you don't have the right to have an opinion. My, that's uh, all. That's that's my own thing. Yeah, that's your opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> that's my opinion. Casey, thank you very much for coming on the show today, man. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday afternoon. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csburst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.